everyone. I'm Angela Bricher. Welcome to the new edition of the Digital EDU Dialogues podcast, where we talk about what's trending in higher ed issues and offer practical solutions. Joining me today is Mark Austin, the Dean and Associate Provost at Augusta University Online. Mark is an innovator in education and has spent the last two decades launching new and innovative approaches to online executive and adult learning programs. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Angela. I appreciate it. So today we're going to talk about expanding programs, about the importance of universities partnering with external organizations, and about the future of the online campus and blended campus and what's next for schools. So let's start by talking about online program expansion. We've been hearing a lot about institutions that are cutting programs, cutting faculty, but Augusta, you have successfully launched an online program and you are expanding. Tell us about the program and what are some of the factors that have led to your success? You bet. So uh, Augusta University, like a lot of universities, came out of COVID recognizing there was a real um, appetite for online education. There's sort of two drivers. One is faculty just got more comfortable um, with being in a classroom that wasn't their standard classroom. That's a really big precondition. The other one is just students, right? Students are looking for flexible um, ways of managing education, work life, all of those things. So I think those two pressures came together and then uh, the university made a very wise decision and hired a provost whose experience with online education uh, was only positive in his prior institution. And so he brought with him a vision of what online education can mean to faculty, to students, uh, and to the university as a whole as a driver of enrollment, as a way of improving quality of education uh, and extending our reach. Augusta University is a university that's gone through a lot of consolidation. It used to be, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Medical College of Georgia, which is still part of uh, our university. It's the now, I think, third largest medical school in the country and, um, and one of the oldest. Uh, but it was consolidated with nursing and allied health and um, our undergraduate uh, humanities, liberal arts, uh, arts and sciences. And so it's been through a lot of change. Uh, and the name Augusta is relatively new. So extending our reach also means extending our message. Uh, and so online education, as we all know, is a great way to extend our reach to students, but also to communicate about who we are. So that's kind of the, the general impetus for, for AU Online. And it sounds like, as an organization, really responding to the needs and demands of both faculty and students. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was essential. If the, the way I've always described it is, um, as you launch an online program, there have to be two fundamental underlying conditions to be true. One is there has to be a market. You have to have demand. If there aren't students interested in coming to your university, it won't work. On the other side of that equation is the faculty. If the faculty aren't willing to teach and aren't willing to um, innovate the way they teach, uh, it won't work. You have to have both of those things, both willingness as well as market attractiveness for online to be successful. I mean, it's honestly true for any course or program you'd want to offer. Like those two things are essential. But I think in online in particular, those two come to, together in a really important way. So. Uh, yeah, we had both of them, uh, a market that was ready and a faculty that was ready. So it was critical. Fantastic. Are there anything, when you think about how you launched this program, 
what are some steps that you took as a team to get from start to launch? Okay, so like a lot of things in higher education, it takes incredible leadership support. So I can't underestimate or undersell or underdescribe how important and critical it was to have our president out there saying, AU Online is a critical way for us to grow and advance our teaching. Uh, and then that was followed by all the other senior leadership. So having that support was sort of factor number one, I guess. Um, the next step was to really think um, uh, into the future. So we did a 10-year financial model for AU Online. So what that really means is, do you have your ducks in order um, to resource something as significant as an online university that exists within a university? Now, we're not. We're not a separate university. We're a support function. But it's we're building all the same underlying infrastructure, everything from advising to aid to instructional design to literally everything that a university does, and we're replicating it. So we really had to show what the financial um, outlook for something like this meant because it was a big investment. So I think the second thing after leadership support was just having a very clear financial plan. My background is in management consulting, so I brought a financial lens to that picture, which is really important. Um, and I think the, the third thing that was most critical to me uh, is building a, a high trust professional team. So let me elaborate on what that means. Um, you can have someone who has the right skill set, the right background, the right experiences, but if they don't build trust easily with other stakeholders, um, you're not going to be successful. So what was critical for me in that, that, that early stage of building something like this was assembling the right team. And I made two critical hires right off the bat in short order, which I was very fortunate to be able to do. Um, hiring in a public institution is always hard. Um, it just is. So being able to get that team together is the, the third really critical component. So three critical pieces, that leadership support from the top and top leaders, and then the financial strategy and planning and building a high trust team. Yep. Yep. Those are essential. All right. Thank you, Mark. We are going to be back in 30 seconds, and we're going to talk more about the importance of continuing education and partnerships, and then we'll get into innovation and what's next. Awesome. Today's episode is brought to you by Professor Services. Looking for a job in teaching? Need to expand your network? Want to boost your income? Whatever it is, the expert team at Professor Services has you covered. From helping higher ed faculty find new jobs, to essential tools such as cover letters and CVs, to applying to jobs for you, Professor Services equips you to nail your job search. Don't stress over the job hunt. Maximize your potential and crush your next opportunity with support from our team of experienced administrators, mentors, and educators. Discover how the team at Professor Services can help. Visit ProfessorServices.com today to get started and kickstart your career in higher education. Hi, I'm Angela Richer, and I'm back with Mark Austin, and we are going to continue by talking about continuing education programs and partnerships and how important those are to our universities and institutions right now. Augusta's partnered with the U.S. Army. Tell us mm -hmm. more about that relationships and why these kinds of partnerships are important to both institutions and to students. It's kind of a funny story, too, because it was literally my first day on the job, I think. Actually, in fact, it was that um, the president 
and the provost brought me into a meeting uh, with uh, Major General Stanton. He runs the um, Cyber Central Command uh, for the educational component of Cyber Central Command at um, then Fort Gordon, now Fort Eisenhower. And for those of you who don't know, the Army has a, a centralized process um, and, and workforce located here in Augusta that is dedicated solely to protecting the country from cyber attack and cyber threats at the Army level. Uh, and it's a big workforce. Uh, it's, it's huge. Uh, so the opportunity to sit down with Fort Eisenhower and talk about their um, needs in terms of building uh, staff skills, uh, advancing for the future, especially in technical areas. So we have a school of computer and cyber sciences that is ideally positioned to support the army in that way. Uh, so I was really just the intermediary to be able to say, there are many different ways in which higher education can support uh, the armed services and any employer uh, through micro-credentialing is certainly one, through stackable micro-credentialing, micro which is even better, it stacks into a degree, and then through degrees itself. We landed on degrees is really the starting point. And in particular for the service, the service member that is more advanced in their career, uh, they're usually a little bit more senior and they've already taken a certain set of fundamental instruction at the army at Fort Eisenhower. So the real question for them was, how can I as a service member get credit for the work that we've already done towards a degree uh, and have that apply and then continue that degree as we're posted all over the world in an online uh, modality. So we had a great discussion. Um, president and the major general slapped the table and said, let's put it together. And nine months later, we actually had an agreement, which is remarkable given all of the challenges that a large public uh, university faces. And certainly the military bureaucracy is also challenging. So you put those two together and normally it's like years and years, but uh, with, with a lot of will and senior level support, we were able to get that through. So in a, in a nutshell, we spent a lot of time, our faculty went over to Fort Gordon, understood their learning models, uh, articulated those credits into credits against our one of our cybersecurity master's degrees, as well as a, a master's degree in um, intelligence and security studies, uh, more of a, a policy um, and large perspective around the globe. And we ended up with two degrees that were covered by that agreement, and we're starting to get our first students this fall. Fantastic. And it sounds like a really collaborative approach as well. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, putting my business hat on, it sounds like the university went in as a consultant and really did some listening about oh, what they needed and then created the program for them. Yeah. So now you get into the how to. Yeah. <laughs> it's not ever a good idea to go into any organization and say, oh, I've got the certificate for you. That really starts with saying, okay, what are your needs? Tell us about the skills. Let's do some mapping. Right. Let's understand what are the things that you need? What are the gaps that you need filled? Uh, and that leads you to better degrees, better micro-credentials. And it is a very consultative approach of let's, let's figure out what your pain points are and let's build around that. Uh, it's critical. Sounds like a great collaborative effort. Are we going to take another quick 30 second break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about innovation and what's next in higher ed. This episode of Digital EDU Dialogues is brought to you by the BAB Group. 
The demands for teaching and online learning are constantly evolving. Don't get left behind. Carve out a competitive edge and give students engaging learning experiences with support from the BAB Group's team of course design experts. As experienced online faculty and instructional designers, the BAB Group knows how to craft those aha moments for students and meet outcomes for every modality, online, hybrid, and face-to-face. -face. Creating engaging, welcoming, and inclusive learning spaces for students of all ages and abilities has never been more important. Important. Discover how the BAB Group can help you by visiting their website today. And we're back. I'm Angela Butcher, and I'm here with Mark Austin. And next, we want to talk about innovation, strategy, and where we're going in higher education. Mark, talk a little bit about your thoughts on wh where we're going next and the role of online. Well, so I spent most of my career in corporate strategy and thinking about the future which is kind of what led me into higher education and where we're going in higher education. So that's a great question. I love this one. Um, in strategy planning, it's always about the, the, the to be state that you want to get to and the, and the as is, the where I am currently. Um, I really think education and in online learning, we really do need to understand our current state before we move to that future state. Um, but it's really important to have that North Star, that vision in mind of where you're going. I think if we had to all boil it down, not just Augusta University, we'd basically say that this should be about student choice. They should be able to learn wherever, whenever. Um, and a lot of them need both. They need an on-ground experience and they need an online experience. And that translates into what I might describe as a, as a blended campus, a campus that gives you a, a choice um, in how you develop your uh, educational experiences. So that's that's the North Star, that's where we're headed. So what do we need to do to get to something like that? Um, and this is where innovation comes in. I actually think online education has been around a long time, but it is innovative. It requires a lot of systems process change. We call this incremental innovation uh, in, in the speak. It's not tectonic breakthrough, dramatic uh, innovation. It is incremental innovation. It's taking what we do and making it better, but that's really hard, it, it turns out, Incremental innovation can be just as tough. But underlying that innovation, all the systems and processes that I just described, um, the myriad systems, there's the LMS, there's the CRM, there's the SIS, there's all the systems. Those have to be supported by processes. Who supports those processes? It's people. So when it comes right down to it, uh, innovation in higher education is about culture and changing cultures in order to achieve our outcomes. And so I really think of online education as really the precursor, what we're doing in asynchronous online education is fundamentally about building those systems and processes, but fundamentally changing culture. It should be, there should be a time at some point in the future where we don't even think about online. It's just a different way of learning. And that means we all have to get so comfortable with online that it's not even in our vernacular anymore, right? That's the future. Um, that is the true digital transformation that I'm embarked on and that many universities are ultimately embarked on. And it really does come right down to culture. I have to be able to get into a, a room and say, we're gonna do this in an asynchronous modality. Everybody needs to know exactly what I mean. And right now, if you ask someone, what do you mean by online? It could be this, right? This could be online, right? Mm -hmm. We're on a computer, this is online, mm -hmm. it isn't, right? So we really need to shape and mold the definitions of what online education is, and that ultimately means change. 
Yeah, and I appreciate what you're saying about that cultural shift because as a faculty member at several institutions, what I see is that the difference is that there are some places where there's still that mentality of online means I'm putting my face-to-face -face course in an LMS. Right. So how do we shift that thinking to meet the student need and student demand and giving them an engaging online experience that is its own complete package, that is that online experience that is different than their face-to-face -face experience and that it's okay to have different experiences, that students are are looking for those differences and they're signing up for those different experiences. Couldn't have put it better, Angela. That is exactly right. And just remember, most of us haven't actually been educated in an online modality, and that includes most of the individuals that teach at a university. So it's really hard for them to imagine what is online if right now they're used to working on Zoom or Teams or whatever the platform might be. That feels online, but it really isn't because it's missing all of the quality dimensions that are critical to make an experience, a learning experience that is distant, more effective. Yes, and I think, again, the institutions where I work, that, that faculty training has become so important. And it's become important for several reasons, so that we understand the modalities that we're working in. But I think it also helps build community as faculty go through trainings together. And those trainings are typically virtual. So for faculty that are not as comfortable working online or that it's new to them, that they get to participate. So they get to be that online student in a faculty training and have an, when you're on the receiving end to think, oh, this is what happens in a discussion board uh, as a student. So now I'm better prepared to lead and facilitate a discussion. Yep. And so I find that those faculty trainings have been really influential and helpful in, in building that community and culture. It has a compounding effect. There's only so much that Mark Austin can say to a faculty member about instruction. It is so much more powerful if they've had a peer who's been through training and the experiences of online education and say, oh, actually, I connected with my students so much more effectively in the online modality than I ever did in a large classroom context where everyone sat in the back row. That message can come from me, but it is so much more powerful when it comes from that community that you're talking about. Yes. All right, anything else that you would like to share with us today about innovating in higher education and what's next? No, I'm just excited. Um, it is, if you ever want to participate in a meaningful career that has real impact on people's lives and that offers great opportunity to change, and ultimately that means innovation, I think online education is where it's at. So very happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. The Digital EDU Dialogues podcast is brought to you by the Educity family of companies.